Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable high-speed internet. Today, I'm joined by John Bedell, founder and CEO of Sacred Wind Communications, a privately owned rural telecommunications company focused on bridging the digital divide for tribal communities in New Mexico. He and I talk more about the digital divide on the Navajo lands that Sacred Wind serves, which John describes as the least connected areas in the U.S., and how Sacred Wind Communications has been able to make a difference by delivering high-speed internet and digital education services. We also discuss the importance of federal programs like the Affordable Connectivity Program, which is currently being used by the vast majority of Sacred Wind's customers. John, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, so to start off, I would love for you to just share some background on Sacred Wind Communications. Tell me a bit about how your company came about, uh, where you operate, and, and what services you operate. Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, we started in 2006. Uh, I was working for a, a national telecom company in uh, New Mexico, and uh, I was finding it very difficult to uh uh, to provide broadband, even basic telecommunication services on, on very uh, unserved areas of tribal lands in northwest New Mexico. And it was just a, a symptomatic of, of, uh, of uh, a business model uh, that works for national companies in larger markets, but not in more rural markets. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't get the attention of the company to, to invest what was needed in northwest New Mexico in an area where uh, most larger companies competing with other companies on Wall Street for investment dollars just can't make a business case. Right. Uh, so I decided that uh, I needed to break away and, and uh, do something on my own. And uh, I had uh, several NABO friends and uh, I uh, had a number of individuals that I knew of in New Mexico uh, who had the wherewithal to invest in, in, in a startup company one that uh, could do well by doing good, as, as we say, you know. And it took us two years to, to get, uh, get all the pieces put together. But, uh, you know, uh, we got the job done and, and we opened our doors in, in December of 2006. Where was the first area that you serviced? Well, uh, we actually acquired uh, just um, some... Uh, outdated copper last mile on 3,200 square miles of Navajo lands in New Mexico. And the uh, the Navajo reservation was the least served area for telecom, for electric, for water, even today, uh, than any other place in New Mexico. And it's one of the least served areas uh, in the continental United States. Wow. Um, so how big is your service area today in, in 2022? Well, it, it's, uh, our service area, our regulated service area is 3,200 3, square miles. That's almost twice the size of the state of Delaware. Wow. Uh, where uh, about only 10,000 uh, households are located in, in that vast area. And since then, through uh, uh, FCC auctions, uh, we've picked up about another 400 and some square miles with an agreement that we've just concluded with the Navajo Nation uh, using uh, their free allocation of 2.5 gigahertz spectrum, uh, we'll be uh, serving nearly all of Navajo lands in the state of New Mexico 
uh, having exclusive use of that spectrum. And uh, th so that w amounts to about 8,000 square miles. So I want to just go back to to how you were saying you came, you you were founded, you were working mm -hmm. at a, a another telecom company, you had the skills, you saw the need, and you went out and, and made this happen. Um, exactly. That's, a, that's an amazing story in itself. Uh, so well done to you yeah, for actually you. Uh, doing good through business. And uh, but what did, uh, so tell me a bit about Take me into the digital divide uh, for the Navajo Nation, as you were just okay. saying, it's, it's one of the least connected, um, and how it's changed in the course of the years that, sure. that you've been active. Sure. When we started uh, the uh, our company, uh, the only homes uh, on Navajo lands that, that had even basic telephone service, no broadband whatsoever, didn't exist on Navajo lands at the time. Um, the only homes that had uh, basic telephone service were those that were uh, next to or within a half a mile to a mile of a paved state or federal highway. Mm -hmm. uh, and what, what I call the Copper Corridor. If you go anything beyond that, and all of Navajo lands practically is beyond that, uh, there was absolutely nothing. Very little cell phone service. Even today, some areas of Navajo uh, lands uh, are devoid of, of cell phone service. And only 26% of the homes, the total number of homes that we acquired, less than 10,000, uh, only 26% had access to dial tone. That's 911, right? And, uh, and the other homes had no basic service. Even today, there, there are a little over 10% of the homes that don't have electricity. About 40% of the homes don't have indoor plumbing. And you can imagine uh, that we, well, and we have increased now, uh, not only uh, basic telephone service, but now we're providing broadband to every one of the homes that uh, have our, uh, have or have access to basic service. So we're covering 85% uh, or so of all the homes in our territory. Uh, and uh, we could even do more if, if homes had, would have uh, electric uh, service. If they weren't off the grid, uh, you know, we, we could uh, pick up more customers. And uh, we're using, the, uh, we will be using the 2.5 gigahertz spectrum uh, also to uh, reach even farther out in, into the reservation to pick up some of the homes that we can't reach with our present microwave systems. Okay, so that was my next question. Are you primarily delivering service through fixed wireless? Um, are you running any fiber to the home? What, what's, what technologies are you guys working with? Well, last year was the first year we actually started uh, delivering fiber to the home, and we're still the only company uh, in the three-state area of the Navajo Nation. We're the only company uh, that provides fiber to the home, and we're doing it in the more densely populated communities, what we call the NHAs, the Navajo Housing Authority. These are HUD developments, uh, anywhere from 30 homes to 150 homes in a HUD development. And, where, and, and all HUD developments have electric service provided. It's uh, all aerial, you know, uh, electric service, electric wires over a pole line. And we're able then to uh, string a, a fiber cable uh, on the same pole line and deliver service uh, that way. But uh, in other areas, in, in the, the vast majority of Navajo lands uh, that are sparsely populated, uh, all of our growth is, has been by microwave. Okay. Gotcha. 
Now, do you work with the communities when it comes to determining what kind of technology you're going to be deploying? Yes, yes. Uh, the, the Navajo Nation is uh, is broken up into 110 local communities they call chapters. Mm-hmm. And there are approximately 50 chapters in New Mexico. I say approximately because there's some spillover or overlap between uh, New Mexico and Arizona. Um, but there are about uh, you know, 50 or so chapters uh, in New Mexico. And uh, the ones we serve today and we will be serving in, in the future, we, uh, the very first thing we do is, is we make contact uh, with the local leadership of the chapter. Uh, we attend uh, a, a, a initial meeting of uh, uh, the community there that uh, the, each chapter has a regularly scheduled monthly meeting of, of its members. Uh, and usually a lot of the old folk go to, go to uh, those chapter meetings. And we introduce ourselves and, and, and whatnot. Uh, we also established about seven or eight years ago uh, a Navajo uh, chapter president or community uh, leader advisory board where uh, we have on a rotating basis, we have uh, the leadership of various chapters uh, serving as advisors and we meet with them quarterly. We go over our expansion plans. Uh, we go over our marketing practices, asking them for help in developing uh, uh, marketing messages for us, and uh, you know, and uh, asking them, uh, giving them the opportunity even to prioritize our growth. You know, in what areas uh, in their chapters, uh, you know, they, they want to to see us uh, more active. Okay, so so you do take a bit of a community-driven um, deployment approach before you you go in and and start digging or, or stringing uh, cables. Um, I want to also talk about the digital education portion of this because you're talking about coming into a community like you said that was basically left off of basic uh, services and mm-hmm. and bringing them into the the modern day uh, with everything, with broadband, with high-speed broadband. I think a lot of your service area gets pretty high speeds, in fact. Yes. Um, uh, and you can tell us what those speeds are. But um, the the question I actually have for you is, how do you uh, incorporate the education piece into your work? Um, do, do you collaborate with the communities on what this is and how it works and how to use it safely and, and, and uh, what it's for? How yes. Can improve their lives. Yes. Uh, actually, at, at our inception, uh, we started a a five hundred one c three, a nonprofit, and uh, we knew that we were going to be uh, walking into some uh, in, into greenfield areas where where the service didn't exist, and we were particularly concerned about uh, the older generations of uh, of uh, people who never had telephone service in their life, and now they're immediately going to go jump or leapfrog o- over several technologies and go right into high-speed internet. And we didn't know uh, uh, how uh, uh, attractive that was going to be for them, you know, and what would be the hook to get them to use uh, uh, and, and experiment uh, with, with this new technology. So uh, we uh, acquired a, um, a USDA uh uh, connect uh, was a uh, community connect grant, mm-hmm. and we established a computer training se- uh, uh, center, the very first computer training operation on Navajo lands, and it served five different chapters 
So it, it was it located in one chapter in the Herfano chapter up in uh, near the Four Corners area, and, and it reached four other uh, chapter communities. And we had uh, in a two-year program where we operated that, uh, and we hired bilingual uh, trainers to train the folks on on various uses of uh, the, uh, uh, the of the internet of the computer. Uh, and we had, uh, in that five-year period of time, we had over 2,000 people uh, visit the center. And it was really uh, uplifting to, to hear the, uh, the reactions of the people and, and how it was being used. And, and one grandma uh, said that was the very first time that she could communicate her, with her son, who was in Afghanistan at the time, and oh, they wow. communicated by email. And there was a, another young girl who came running to one, uh, one of our trainers, showing her the very first A that she ever received on a report that she was able to to uh, 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 to develop, you know, uh, using the internet. And 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 this is exactly what drove us to to start this company because you know we, we uh, our we and uh, including our employees will not describe to you you know, the, the technology we use as, as much as they, uh, you know, our mission is to serve the unserved. And we say, we're not providing broadband service, we're providing equality of opportunity. Right. And, and when, you know, you consider the thousands of children who attend schools off the reservation, who are, who are sometimes are on a bus uh, two hours to, to get to a school, and they're sitting next to children who can complete their assignments on the internet. And these kids don't even have phone service at home, you know, whereby their, their parents can reach their uh, teachers, teachers can reach the parents and whatnot. Uh, th this is exactly what drove us to start this company is, is to uh, uh, bring an uh, opportunity to these kids so that, that, that we have uh, kids who don't think less of, them, of themselves while they're sitting in situations where they feel disadvantaged. Well, all of that is amazing. Um, I, like you said earlier, uh, you left a, a, a larger company that, that wasn't mm -hmm. going to put in the money to, to do this, uh, to do what needed to be done. So how are you guys able to financially do what needs to be done? Well, one of the advantages of, of uh, running a rural telephone company uh, is that we have access to federal programs that the larger nationals don't have access to and not eligible right. to receive. And so uh, much of our uh, operating uh, expenses are covered by uh, lifeline programs and, and now the uh, affordable uh, connectivity program run by the FCC. Great. So speaking of those two programs, um, do you have a sense of how many of your customers are enrolled in the affordable connectivity program? Yeah, it, it's almost 80%. Wow. Okay. So that yeah. program is doing important work for you guys. Um, right. And regarding Lifeline, the FCC is charged with reforming, you know, universal service and, and Lifeline. Since you guys rely on it, what do you want to see that reform look like? Well, we, we would like to see the ACP program uh, made permanent. You know, right now it's it's temporarily funded. It's healthily, you know, it's it's, it's got a health, healthy uh, a funding source right now, but it's going to expire after a number of years. Yeah. And we would like to e either have the uh, it transition uh, transitioned over to the Lifeline program or remain as it is, 
but but uh, made permanent because it has had an amazing difference uh, in uh, in terms of of uh, broadband uh, subscriptions and people buying higher speeds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, eighty percent. That tells a story in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, John, you've given me so much of your time, and I want to let you get back to the much more important work of connecting uh, the Navajo chapters in New Mexico. So thank you so much for your time and for the amazing work you're doing. It's it's fantastic. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for your interest in, and, and fulfilling your mission, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope you'll come back and keep us posted on all of the amazing stuff you're doing. Would love to. Take care. Thank you again, John, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landreau, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.